Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 27th day of June 2014. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, Into Action. We are on page 84, the last paragraph that begins, and we have ceased fighting. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Lois, 12 Traditions, Stacy N., and then Chelsea, Sharon R.S., Karen M., and Barbara S. Overeaters Anonymous, oh, and the share code for yesterday, Thursday, June 26, is 6558. 6558. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Lois to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois, recovered in Massachusetts. The the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lois. And I will now ask Stacy N. to read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning, visionaries. This is Stacy N. in Virginia, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Stacy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in a big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in in the chapter, Into Action. We are on page 84, the last paragraph that begins, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone. And I will ask Chelsea to please begin reading for us. Morning, Monica. Morning, everyone. I'm Chelsea, a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. 
We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And this information here, I'm still Chelsea, still recovered compulsive overeater for today. Um, this information here is um, pointing out to me that the um, chatter in my mind telling me that it's okay to go back and do the same thing over and expect a different result, that obsession has been removed. I've got sanity again. Sanity has come back. I've been restored back to saneness. And my reactions to situations in life will be sane now and normal. I won't be running roughshod over everybody. I won't be that tornado that they talk about earlier in uh, the stories we read about. Guy comes up out of the cellar. The whole place is ruined, and all he says is, is it in grand, the wind stopped blowing. I'm not going to behave like that anymore. My behavior will now reflect a different attitude and a different way towards life. I will be honest now. I'll no longer be doing all the lying and the finagling and the manipulations. All that will be brought to a screeching halt now. It's been removed. And where I've been placed by my divine director, it's clear to me here in, on page 85, it says we feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. That's the posture now that I'll assume in my stream of life as I interact with others. I will be neutral because I have no control over the outcome anyway. And that has been made clear to me if I've done all the work up to this point. So now the healing spirit of the universe that has placed me in this serenity, because that's where serenity lies, in neutral, when, you don't, when you're not invested in the outcome, you're able to do the work that we're supposed to be doing, which is carrying love out into the world. And when we get our... Um, food sobriety, when we get food sober, we're able then to have clarity to move forward, help others, and live in a life now that where we keep spiritually fit so that we can keep this for our um, daily experience, we have to watch for resentment. This is the exercises that we need to do for fear, for dishonesty, for selfishness, and then we take action on these things that we're watching out for praying, meditating, talking to somebody else about it. If you have to go out and make an amends for it, you do that. Service, giving service. This is the actions. These are the actions that we have to do to stay fit. And the result of doing all that is that we get to be loving and tolerant, which is our code, trusting. People will trust us again after demonstrating that we have a huge shift in our behavior. A lot of us will have to do demonstrative things because people are still used to us, you know, bullshitting our way through. So a lot of that will have to be cleaned up. And once it's cleaned up, people will start to trust us again. Honesty will become our code. Our DNA, our code is love and tolerance. And um, I'm just so grateful to be on the line this morning because I've been working and everything, and I haven't had time to, sh to really devote to what I need to do to carry this message. And I'm just thankful that my divine director has um, blessed me this morning with the opportunity. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you, Chelsea. 
And would anyone like to comment on this paragraph that we've read? On these tenth step promises here. Lois. Good morning, Lois. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois, recovered in Massachusetts. And this is such this is such a meaningful uh, paragraph for me. For me, it's it's kind of like the sum of my my um, the gift that God has given me. The grace of God came in and dispelled this the insanity of the obsession of my mind by going through steps uh, four through nine. And for me, this is where I live. I live. Um, gladly and humbly and joyfully day by day you know to uh to re- to repeat this to myself that i have ceased fighting anything or anybody and i never do that perfectly i want to make a i want to make a statement about that i still you know the addict still lives in me the queen still lives in me some days but you know i've i've learned it and i've surrendered it you know down into my toes that um, thank you, God, one day at a time, that He has restored me to sanity. And I, my job today, that I do, like I said, lovingly and freely, is to keep in fit spiritual condition. You know, He helped me to clear out the wreckage of the past, showed me how my behavior had created a world into which the addiction was the only way out. Until I, I, I um, asked Him to remove my remove my shortcomings which he humbly and beautifully did. And my job every day is to keep my side of the street clean. And I, I just love living this way. Uh, I'm so appreciative. I never forgot the, the, uh, the craziness, the insanity of my disease. Every day my head was filled with how can I stop how much can I get away with? How can I do this? Over and over again. And it left my, my, my life became na- smaller and smaller and my disease became larger and larger. So I, I gratefully and respectfully seek day, daily to keep in fit spiritual condition. I don't always keep in top fit spiritual condition, but my, my, um, my, my heart is in it and um, my partner is with God and, and um, I work by program and I, carry this message to compulsive overeaters and for that you know it's worked for me one day at a time and i'm very very grateful and i hope to uh be able to continue that so if you're new and you're coming back please you know hang on take your seat uh sit down front and um and be ready for the ride of your life thank you so much and i'll pass veronica thank you lois and i know i heard larry there if you're still there larry go ahead Thanks, thanks, Monica. I uh, appreciate your service. Um, Larry, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, um, I was thinking that, you know, every day when I when I was practicing this disease, it felt like combat. You know, it did feel like a fight. And I was in combat with myself. Um, I was in combat with, with, with others, and I was most certainly in combat with food every day. And and once I completed the action steps of this this practical program of action, you know, I did, I ceased fighting anything or anyone, um, even even food. And, you know, when I I think about what it was like, I mean, to fight with life is is not normal. (laughs) It wasn't normal for me. It wasn't what God intended for me. I know that today. I didn't know it when I was in the midst of it, you know. Um, I was physically and mentally exhausted. I was spiritually bankrupt. 
you know, and, and only a, another compulsive overreader can truly know how emotionally exhausting it is to pick up and put down and pick up and put down and day after day, uh, on and on goes the merry-go-round of this disease, you know, that maddening obsession. And um, I used to be the person on the line, you know, that, that, could, that I could really relate to that because I was living it. But you know, when when sanity returns, as as this 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 you know these uh, uh, promises um, assure us, um, you talk about a miracle. <clears throat> you, excuse me. You talk about freedom. I mean, that's an understatement um, in regards to what happened to me today. I can live totally in harmony and congruence. You know, with God, with myself, with you. Even with the food, you know, my walk never matched my talk before. Today, my walk matches my talk. Thank you, God. God did that for me. So the resentments, the fears, dishonesty, selfishness, you know, anxieties, anger, you know, they're mostly, for me, <clears throat> I have to be honest in telling you, they've dissolved. Um, it's not that they never come up. That would be disingenuous for me to say. But honestly, they rarely surface for me, and rarely with the, you know, with the, the power that they did before. And today, I have a prescription, in which to to uh, to, to to have those quickly um, dissolve, and they do. It, um, today, I hear the word of my of the create of my creator, and I keep it alive with my actions. And I do that because um, because of this program. This program saved my life. For real. It saved my life. Thank you, God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. And would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Bella. Janice. Anybody Lana, else? Leah. Leah. Okay, it's I heard Bella. I heard Bella, Janice, Leah, and someone else. Santa from New Jersey. I still, somebody from New Jersey. What was your name? Santa. Santa. Okay. Bella, Janice, Leah, and Santa. We'll start with that. Bella, go. You're up. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overreader. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. The, uh, instead, the problem has been removed. Wow, yes, I can say that for me, definitely, the problem has been removed. Yes, thank God, now that I am in the program, I learned to pose, I learned to sing, I learned to do things not in an impulsive way. Yes, I learned to to accept and to to understand my feeling. Thank you, God. I am not alone anymore. I am connected to to a power that is a power of love, a power of respect, a power of accepting. Yes, I can face reality without fear. Yes, I can pause and say, Bella, what's going on with you now? Without blaming and judging, I am not looking to to be a people pleaser anymore. I am not looking for the food 
as a runaway. I learned to pause and not to be afraid and to, to, to say to myself, well, Bella, today you feel these feelings that are not so comfortable for you. It's okay. Today I can say, well, yes, I did a mistake. And it's okay too. I learned to apologize. I learned to change my behavior. I learned to accept myself the way I am because this is the way that God created me. Today I am connected to God. Today I am willing to do what God is willing I should do. I am willing to pass God's message and not mine. Yes, thank you, God, the problem has removed. I am not looking for runaway anymore. I am not looking to wear a mask anymore. Today, I live the present, the today, and it's a freedom. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Janice, you're up. Yes, good morning to you, Monica, and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. This paragraph is the picture of a recovered compulsive overeater. This is really what happens, okay? And I'm going to take, uh, for by this time, sanity will be returned. We will seldom be interested in our trigger food. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. Did this happen before being recovered? Oh, no. My mind was not sane. Remember? I was insane um, because my mind wasn't healed. The obsession wasn't taken away by whom? By my God, not by me. I couldn't take it away. So, therefore, my thoughts were the same. I kept trying to do it over and over and over again. Why? Because I didn't have any defense against that first bite. You know, I kept putting my hand on that hot stove. That's what, that's what I always did. Oh, this time it'll be different. Oh, I've, I've been abstinent for six months. Now I can have a little bit of my trigger food. No. This time, sanity, which means my thinking, I know in my heart that if I pick up a bite... Um, that the allergy will be returned. But since the obsession has been removed by my higher power, whom I call God, therefore I don't pick up that bite because I have no no drive to do. I know my, my mind knows now that my hand, that I will get burned, that the allergy will sit up. And I don't want that anymore. I don't want that fight. I don't, like Larry said, I don't want the battle is over with that. You know, I made the decision. I went through the steps. Now it says we will seldom. It doesn't say we will never be tempted. You mean you're going to be tempted still? Yeah, but it's like a fleeting glance because your mind knows. To know is to know that, you know, um, I, I don't have that drive. You know, that obsession is not there. So I, what happens? I recoil. It just happens automatically because God is doing it. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And Leah, you're up. Thanks so much, Monica. Much appreciated. Hi, everybody. I'm Leah, recovered compulsive overeater. I, too, wanted to focus in on that part 
um, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. You know, uh, this is what we've been waiting for. You know, that's why we joined Overeaters Anonymous in the first place. And, um, you know, that is a result of these steps is that the mental obsession uh, has been released for, from us. It's been driven out. It's been expelled. And I will go back to page 24 real quick because that uh, speaks about my mind prior to God consciousness. You know, it says um, we are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force, with adequate force, the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against that first drink, against the very first drink. There is complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. And absolutely, that was my experience. I had... um, I did not have the sufficient force to keep me from picking up that first bite. You know, I could not remember the tears. I couldn't remember the threats of divorce. I couldn't remember the remorse and the guilt. I couldn't remember that. I was obsessed with the idea that it was going to feel good picking up that first bite. I continued to seek the ease and comfort from that first bite. I had a mind that would continue to take me back to that which was killing me. And if I had a bit of premeditation, and if, if I had a bit of uh, precognition, I, it was taken over by the obsession of the mind. The obsession of the mind would override it. And, of course, what would happen to someone like me? As soon as I pick up that first bite, it's like taking a match and throwing it in a bucket of gasoline. Whoosh! Why? Because I've activated the allergy. You know, so the program of recovery, these steps transform me from that self-centered existence, that pre-God consciousness that I read on page 24, to God consciousness, which is what we read here on the bottom of page 84. So now, because of this transformation that God has done in my life, I can accept and see the truth about my disability. My disability is that, yes, I have an allergy to specific food substances. But today, because I've been restored in my mind, I have soundness of mind, I have the ability to see the truth about that. I can accept and see the truth about that disability because I've been restored to sanity, and I do not test my personal control. I don't test my personal control. I have been restored to sanity. I have soundness of mind. I've been relieved of the obsession, and that is the result of these steps. And with that, I pass things. Thank you, Leah. And Santa, you're up. Star one to unmute, Santa. Yes, hi. This is Santa from New Jersey. I newly recovered compulsive overeater. I just had to share on this. This is my favorite, all-time favorite um, paragraph in this entire book. It just brings back so many memories of when I was going through the steps and my step guy was constantly having to remind me to stay neutral, get neutral, and and then that's the way I try. I try to live today. Um, I had such a very demanding week this week, and um, 
trying to stay neutral was such a challenge for me. But yesterday I was just um, uh, reminded of, and it takes me back to page 15 where it says, um, I was not too well at the time and was played by waves of self-pity and resentment that sometimes drove me back to drink. But soon when all the all other measures fail, work with others, alcoholics will save the day. And that was what my day was like for me yesterday, um, that when I reached out to do the support of other recovered um, individuals in the room who was there to support me yesterday, it just got me right back on track. And I just realized, and I just have to understand, and I just have to realize and continue to grow that um, the journey through life, um, it, does, it leads me through peaks and valleys. And um, when I reach a high top, I know that I find it easy to praise God and to trust him and to give him thanks. But when I trust through those dark valleys of bitterness and despair, trusting God is more difficult, and that's what my week was for me. And I just have to remember that God rules both mountaintops and in the valleys and that his wisdom and his love is limitless. And and with that, I just pass, and I just thank you all. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Santa. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Renata. Renata, go ahead. Hi, Monica. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Hi, everybody. Renata, recovered composable reading in New York. Uh, like everyone has shared, after we do the steps, we have a personality change that brings recovery. And I finished my steps recently, and I did feel a thin cloud of recovery. And uh, but lately, I was feeling very shaky in my recovery, and I could feel the obsession coming back, and I was instructed by uh, other recovered members that I should do more step 10 work. And I was liking that because in my mind, I only had to do step 10 turnarounds on things that were major. And I wasn't turning over the things that made me restless, irritable, and discontented on a daily basis. And on the last few days, I've been working harder at step 10, and I see a change. And uh, the part in the book that says, you know, um, the problem has just been removed from us. We don't have to fight it or anything. Like yesterday, I took one of the kids I babysit to McDonald's, and I didn't even realize it at the time, but later in the day, I was, like, blown away that I went in there and I brought my lunch with me, but I didn't even smell the food there. And, like, I would always smell the fries and think, hmm, I used to like that. I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind, and I was, like, blown away. And it's because I think more fit spiritually, and it has been making such a difference for me. And so now I'm very vigilant about what I need to turn in every day on my step 10. Not every day I have something to do a turnaround, but now I don't hesitate to do it, even if I'm not sure if it's a resentment or not. If it makes me restless, irritable, and discontented, 
I have to talk to someone about it. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Renata. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Yes, Monica. Rabia? I heard someone before Rabia. Lorraine. Lorraine. Okay, Lorraine and then Rabia. Hi, everyone. This is Lorraine. I'm a bulimic from New Jersey. And um, what I'd like to share is that all and everything starts with my food plan. I continue to call in my food. I continue to weigh and measure my food. I continue to not put one thing that resembles sweet into my mouth because my vessel for this addict, my vessel must be completely clean of any kind of chemical to hear from God. And that's what my goal is today, is to hear from God, his guidance and direction. If I put anything that resembles sweet into my body, I will lose that in a New York minute. So I know today, we don't discuss the food a lot, however, my recovery depends on my abstinence. I've tried every other way, and it doesn't work. Everything comes from that from that morning call, that morning commitment, following a food plan, writing it down for me. may not be for everyone, but for this addict, that's what I do to to keep my vessel clean. And that's the only way I could hear from God. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Lorraine. Rabia, you're up. Hi, Melanie. Did you call on me? This is Rabia. Yes, Rabia, I did. Go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New York, and thank you, everyone, for all your sharing. This paragraph is probably, um, in in my new recovery, the most important one, because last February, when I was this past February uh, in the food, back in the food, eating, of course, organic, abstinent, Food and gaining 10 pounds a month um, because I was in my food behaviors and and I and I was really scared. In the end of January, I had picked up sugar for the first after two years, and I was well on my way. I was terrified of getting obese again. I was well on my way up the scales, and and I, so I you know I came back into a way and and. Um, this paragraph, I wanted a neutrality with food. I don't think I have ever had a neutrality with food all these decades in OA because I I never addressed my eating behaviors. I would I would put down the food. I would eat absent food. I would get down to maintenance weight. And then I would start with my peanuts and raisins in front of the TV again, watching TV at night. You know, all my eating behaviors, eating in the car, eating, grazing during the day, as long as it was, as long as it was organic and non-trigger, supposedly non-trigger abstinent foods. And, um, and so I, I, do, I needed it to be different this time. And I got a big book guide in April, the beginning of April, and... And so this was my vision the whole way through, all that work. This is a paragraph that kept me, my driving force, to keep doing the work, to keep, because I kept hearing people on visions, recovered, recovered, recovered. You know, these people, you people, had a neutrality with food. I wanted this so 
desperately. And it says here, it's a miracle. I wanted this miracle um, that I would not be fighting my food, nor would I be avoiding the temptation. And I wanted so much to be placed in a position of neutrality. I wanted to feel safe. And I wanted to feel protected. And today I am. I I do feel safe and I do feel protected. And I am not cocky about it. This is not me. This is, I did not do this. God did this for me, uh, with, through my fellowship, um, here on the line and the big book and living with God and living in 10, 11, and 12 every day. And I'm not afraid. I'm not terrified of the food anymore. I'm not afraid I'm going to pick up. Um, and, and surely I have to uh, be as abstinent in my eating behaviors as I am with my trigger foods. You know, I realize now that's so that's so, so part of my first step was putting down my food behaviors. And so I'll end by saying that I've been to the I've been up to this place so many times in my recovery before over the decades and. And I, and I never continued living in 10, 11, and 12, and eventually I picked up the food again. And now I know how essential it is to live in 10, 11, and 12. Thank you so much for letting me share I pass. Thank you, Rabia. And this is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. How exciting here, this paragraph, you know? And this is in step 10 now. This is not... One, two, three, four, five, or six. This is ten. Ten. That we're being given these promises. And in step ten there, the paragraph before, you know, we've got to continue. Continue, continue, continue. We've got to continue doing these spot checks. And that's what step ten is. A spot check daily throughout the day. I have to keep checking. Is there a resentment? Is there a fear? You know, is there something going on? And if I do this work every day in 11 and 12, then... These are the promises here. To cease fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Oh my God, I couldn't ever imagine not be leaving claw marks on all these foods and items. And for, for sanity, we'll have returned. What has returned? A healthy way of thinking. As a result of working these steps, doing all the work, the writing in step four, giving it away in five, six and seven, eight, my list, nine, making my direct amends, making living amends every day, you know, living in love and tolerance every day. I get healthy thinking that way. You know why? Because I've changed my behavior along the way. I'm doing things different. And then it just becomes sort of automatic. Because before, like has been said, we seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as a hot flame. You know, way back on page 24, I couldn't even remember that if I put my hand on a hot stove, it would burn me. Because of the mental obsession I had. And God has removed that as a result of doing this work. Um... We will see that our new attitude towards liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. You know, God gives this to me. It's part of my willingness and his grace, this mystery here, has been given to me. And 
you know, it isn't, it wasn't Monica doing this. It wasn't me increasing my knowledge. It wasn't me increasing my determination. It wasn't me increasing my willpower because I tried all of that for decades and it didn't work. This was done to me, not by me. God does this. It just comes. Can you, you know, it just comes. And it's, it is a miracle. Today, I, I'm, I'm free from the, the, the crazy food thoughts that I had all the time. It's, it's, been, it's just not there. And I don't fight it. And it's not, you know, the, 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 the thought of maybe someday, somehow down the road, I'd be able to have something again. Completely gone. It is not there. It's not there. It's a fact. Monica, you're a compulsive overeater. You have an allergy. Put the foods down and do this work. And this is what happens. You know, God does this. He protects me. I haven't even sworn off. Wow. Every morning I used to wake up and swear off. Today I'm going to be a good girl. (laughs) How did that work for me? Not real good. You know, today I don't have to do that. But it's called Monica every day. You're doing this spot checking every day. Step 10. Continue, continue, continue. Because resentments do come up. Because fears do come up. I'm a human being. And this is a process. And with that, I'm going to pass. So everybody hang in there. Oh, I also wanted to comment on um, this. You know, we are reading about step 10 and um, spot checking and... uh, Back in October of 2013, uh, there was a special recording by Harlan on Step 10 where he did role-playing um, on how to do a Step 10. So if anybody's interested in that, October 27th, 2013, you can go back and um, find that recording. And let's move on to the next paragraph. And Sharon R.S., are you here this morning? I'm here. Okay. Good morning. Go ahead. And... Good morning. Good morning, Monica. Thank you so much, and good morning to all of you on the line. This is Sharon R.S., and I am a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do. For alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. We, How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Wow, there's a lot packed into this one paragraph. Uh, Every day, every day. This is one day at a time. And so we have the spiritual program that we've been taught that we've learned step by step. We've cleaned up our, all of our past 
And we are reminded here, first, that this is a spiritual, spiritual program. And it's easy to take it from, for granted. We can't see it, touch it, feel it. So it's easy, very easy. And, but when I read this paragraph, when I, when I think about how easy it is, what, what can I do to protect myself from going the, the easy way, which is, you know, typically what I, I do and it's what people do. It, it, that's, but it's not the way of recovery. What can I do? And the, what, what we're told here is that carrying got the vision of God's will into all of our activities. And, but for me, before I came into program, I had a, I had a strong faith, but carrying, but I wasn't able to exercise it and use it to do God's will. So what can I do to, to solidify on a daily basis, this program of action, this uh, staying spiritual. And the one thing that we do, that we can do every day, is to stay close to the program. Uh, we, we are like people who have lost our legs. We'll never grow new ones. Every day, people who have lost their legs, they, they make sure they have their prosthetic devices on and then they get up and walk around. We don't go uh, trying to, you don't go trying to walk around if you don't strap on your, your prosthetics. And this program of recovery is my prosthetic device. And the, the people in this recovery, in the recovery room, I stay close to them uh, so that I, that's how I, they're, they're the, the flesh and bones of my spiritual recovery, the, the people in the program. And, and I know some people aren't close physically and, and I don't physically see uh, my fellows, even though they live close in proximity to me. I, I, I go to face-to-face meeting, but I, during the week, I don't, I don't see them physically. But it's the fo- keeping close in heart in phone calls throughout the day, every single day. I'm making sure that I stay close to my fellows, talking about the program. Yesterday, I had a difficult day. I, I got into some anger. I immediately got up, left the room, picked up the phone, called a fellow, talked it through, did my quick spot check inventory, got back right, and went and took care of business. Staying close to the program, using my fellows as my prosthetic device when I can't do it myself. I'm making sure I stay close. I have one on one side, one some days, and one on the other side, holding me up, taking me across the line. Of, of and keeping me in in my recovery program, stay close to your fellow to our fellows, 
making sure someone knows us intimately, knowing someone's going to pick up that phone when I call, picking up that phone myself for my fellows, stopping what I'm doing so I can take that call. That's what I do. That's how I stay uh, close to this and, and never, ever, ever taking it for granted. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. And would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Barbara. Anne. Anita. (laughs) Barbara. Leanne. Leanne. Kim. Katie F. Oh, wait a minute. There was other people there before. Um, Barbara, Leanne. Let's just... Now I'm totally confused. Barbara, Leanne. Okay, someone else. Sarah. Kim. Did I hear Sarah? Yes. Okay, you were in there before. Kim? Yes. Okay, let's start with that. And I'm sorry, I'm not hearing so well. Barbara, you're up, and then Leanne, and then Sarah and Kim. Thank you. This is Barbara, recovered compulsive reader in Massachusetts. Oh, there's so much in this paragraph, and it's uh, taking me to the beginning of the sentence, the beginning of the paragraph, which says that it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. Part of the mistake that I made with that in the past that I equated this very large weight loss with accomplishing the spiritual program of action. And I equated doing my prayer time, having a very active prayer life with a spiritual program of action. I didn't really get for a long time, although a sponsor told me, the spiritual program of action is the entire 12 steps. It's not just one, two, three. It's not just doing an inventory and not going on to the... It is the package, the spiritual program of action, the spiritual kit of tools, as it says, the 12 steps. So all through the paragraph, I'm brought back to the reminder that if I'm going to continue to have this daily reprieve, as it says, it does depend. It is contingent upon maintaining my spiritual condition. What does that? not just doing an inventory with step four, doing the prior three steps along with it, built into it, going on to all the steps that lead me to make amends, continuing with 10, with the prayer life, with action, with service, with out of myself, the whole package. That's what maintains it. And it says every day with God's will. Well, I keep hearing in the program, God's will for me is to be sane and abstinence so I can be useful. That's God's will. So to act against that is taking my will back. And God's will is very clear to me in this 12-step way of life, and it can be enriched by other sources, but this is the essential and absolute framework. That's where I can use that will, that ferocious willpower, which, as it, you know, is said before in this book, it can drive me to accomplish any of my egotistical desires or to get any food in the middle of the night or whatever it did in my life. But that same energy of that willpower can attach itself to God's will to be sane, to be abstinent, and to be of service. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara. And Leanne, you're up. And we're into the last five minutes, and there's three of you that would like to share. So if you could, please. Go ahead, Leanne. Yes, thank you. Um, Leanne, recovering from compulsive overeating and anorexia. And um, this just has reminded me of in the beginning. I had been in 
OA for about 12 or 14 years, and I got nowhere until I came upon um, a group who were really, really working it. And um, in that facet of OA, I started to pick the brains of those who were abstinent 20 and 30 years, and it looked like they were peaceful swans just flowing on the river. But really, um, when I really got to know them, like it's so important to the fellowship here. It's really important to get to know people who are really working this program. When I got to listen to their lives and what they really did to maintain their connection and their abstinence, they were really working it hard under the water, paddling like crazy, you know, to, and not like it was like hard. I mean, it's hard, but like their life was like around program it became part of their life and this is how they lived and that was such a message to me they really did do their 10-step inventories they really did help others they were really really working it and that influenced me so much and helped put the book alive to me to have that actual you know picture in front of me and that's really what service has done for me to get me learning how to live this way of life and it's just part of what i do now it's just part of my life always thinking about maintaining my spiritual condition, always thinking about, is this is this God's will? You know, my in his will, always directing my thinking back toward him has really spoke powerfully to me. And this paragraph is everything. It's just, it's just so much that I keep it in my morning prayer. So I just wanted to thank um, the references to, you know, getting to know people who are, you know, Getting to know the fellowship and people who are truly doing this is so helpful for newcomers. So thank you. I pass. Thank you, Leanne. Sarah, you're up. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everybody. My name is Sarah. I'm a very grateful recovered overeater. I think that's the idea, the gratitude, and the idea that I am I am a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. I am a, a compulsive overeater. I will always be a compulsive overeater. I will never be cured of this. But this this 12 steps, as was stated, I have to put my all into it. it. It really has to be the most important thing for me to do. Because if I don't do it, I have nothing to give. I have nothing to give. But if I do it, I have everything. It, it almost like it completes me. It makes me into the person I was meant to be. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, uh, I guess the idea of calm or peace in the midst of a storm comes to mind in the two paragraphs that we've read. The fact that, you know, um, there's a Hebrew word, it's called shalom. And it's probably one of the most important words in my life because I really believe that, uh, you know, that's that's where I want to lay. That doesn't mean that life doesn't come up and and become difficult at times, and there are painful things that happen. But, you know, I never walk alone. Um, I really am looking for God's will, and I finally have a purpose. And where else could I have found this but in a 12-step program? So as it says on page 124, and I'll, and I'll pass with this, because I think, I think it's one of the most important parts of the book to me, where it tells me, that cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. And God bless them with that. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And Kim, you're up. And we've only got a few minutes. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll try to keep it to two. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. <laughs> the time is on. 
Um, hi, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And um, I'm going to zone in on the line. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will in all of our activities. You know, those 10-step promises are beautiful in the paragraph before, but to me, this is the 10-step warning. You know, every day must carry all of our activities. There is no, it's, it's very absolute language. Why is that? Because we, all we have is a daily reprieve. If I think I can thank some spirituality this week so I don't have to do anything next week, I'm in big trouble. And I'm going to beckon this back to page 24 where it says, we are unable at certain times to bring into the consciousness with sufficient force the memory and suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. So it's saying at certain times. So at certain times, maybe we can. And if we have this spiritual awakening and we're living in 10, 11, and 12, and we suddenly seem to be in the food, it's because maybe at certain times we were able not to do this work. We have to remember at certain times we're not going to be able to bring it to the consciousness, and we are without defense against that first drink. This beckons me back to Jim with the suddenly the whiskey and the milk. If we read the paragraph before the suddenly, it's not so sudden. When I get someone who calls me and tells me that they've been recovered for a year and they've picked up, my first question is, what does your step 10 look like? What does your step 11 look like? And how are you carrying the message? And usually the response is, sort of I do it. Occasionally I do it. To the best of my ability, I do it. But they're not doing it on a consistent basis. They haven't woven into the fabric of their lives. This works. I'm going to read that one more time to end the meeting. Every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Karen M., can you read for us, please, from a revision for you? Yes, Monica. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.